You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. Amen. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. This is our prayer. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word, so I become more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved. I'm God's servant. Louder! Lift it up. Sing to the word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Put your hand to your heart. Father, we're here. Your sons and daughters, we're ready for you. Speak to us. Let your word penetrate deep into our lives and and plant the seed that grows deep and transform us. Make us new again. May we be refreshed, renewed, recalibrated by your word. We hang on to what you have in store for us today. Our feast, we are in abundance of your word, of your presence Some of us may have come here for many different reasons. Some of us are in pain. Some of us are in questioning. Some of us are in thanksgiving. But in whatever season, we declare that you are our God. And we declare we need you. We need you more and more. Speak to us today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a big, big hand, everybody. We love Him today. We love you, Jesus. We love you, God. All right. Take your seats. Can we give a big hand to all our servants? This is all possible because we have kindred hearts who are offering themselves in service to others. Let me start. We are in the... Talk number six of our wilderness series. It's the story in the book of Numbers. And we are almost at the end of it. And our one big message for today is, Move on, God is with you. Can you say that with me? One more time. Move on, God is with you. I have to clarify what this means. Sometimes we just say to people, move on ka na lang. Sometimes feeling belittled in our feelings, right? But sometimes we also say, push, move on ka na kasi, nanggigigil ka na. Let me ask you one question. Umamin ka, aminin. Tingnan mo yung katabi mo, aminin. Have you ever been broken-hearted before? <laughs> Yung confession sa baba, bukas na. Naramdaman ko yung sabi, ugh, gano'n. Uh, 
let me say, you know, perhaps a person you loved did not love you back. Minsan, pinaasa, di naman nangyari, di ba? Pinaasa niya lang ako. Mm-hmm. Ayan, di ba? Perhaps, you lost your job. You applied, did not get in, or you were in a job, you lost it. Perhaps you built a business, it failed, did not work, or nalugi ka dahil sa pandemic. Perhaps you have a dream, but it did not come true. Meron akong kilala, first time niya mag-Japan, pinag-ipunan niya mag-Japan, nakarating sa sa Japan, seven days sana siya doon, day one pa lang, positive siya sa COVID. Pagdating doon, nakakwarantin din siya. Nag-hotel lang siya doon, umuwi din. Heartbreaking, yes? I'll go deeper. Maybe a family member passed away. The pain of regret also breaks your heart. So let me ask the question again. I want to talk to your heart, not to this. Bye-bye mind. Let's, let's go deeper to our heart. Our talk for today is a heart-filled talk. And it will make our hearts full, not broken. Are you ready to build your heart? Can I ask you again? Aminin. Kanina mga 20% lang, 25% lang nagtaas ng kamay. I will ask you again. Did you ever? Wala pa, wala pa akong tanong. Gumagano'n siya agad. Meron ba dito? Did you ever had a broken heart before? Thank you. Yung, yung iba dyan, hindi talaga. Sabihin mo sa kanya, yung katabi mo sa iyo, my friend, you belong here. Okay? You're part of the family. Those people who are watching online, I know you're listening there. Comment kayo dyan. You belong here. You belong to the family. And when hearts are broken, you need to grieve. When you lost something, when you feel that sense of loss, grief happens. And it is okay. Can you say, it's okay not to be okay? And I believe that the main way to move on is to first, before you go to the resolution, you got to start with recognition. A meaning. I say this. Grief heals. Grief heals. And the only way to move on is to move through. Meaning, dadaanan mo siya. Pero pag dinadaanan mo na siya, okay din naman, lalo na sa umpisa. Okay na na, nadaan mo ko yung sad songs. Oh, it's sad to belong to someone else when the right ones comes along. Di ba? Di na sana, ikikaw sana ang aking yakap-yakap. Di ba? Yung, yung mahal ko o yung mahal ako, yung ganong mga kanta. Pero, yung mga kantang yun, may ending. 
Maji mo 24-7. Ikaw sana aking yakap, yakap. Pagkagising pa lang, ikaw sana. Tapos maliligo ka, ikaw sana, ikaw sana. Di ba yung nagdodoble kara ka na? May second voice na rin sa kabilang utak mo, di ba? Nagdadrive ka, nagkukamute ka, ikaw sana. Nagkatrabaho ka, ikaw sana. Di ba? Hanggang pagtulog mo, ikaw sana. Imagine what will the effect be on you for a time, for a purpose. But grief, like any other good medicine, it has a time limit. Take an antibiotic for one month instead of one week, you may even die. Are you with me? Bitterness has a time limit. Sabi mo sa kanya, hindi ka bitter. Better. Grabe siya maka-amen. Oh my Lord, Lord, kausapin mo siya. <laughs> Grief, past its expiration date, becomes toxic. It does. It does. And, well, let me clarify, ha? I'm also grieving now. Uh, one of our colleagues, Her husband passed away. Suddenly, heart attack. Tapos pinapa-explain ko, bakit? Hindi ko alam. It just happened. Tapos one of our, isa sa mga kasamahan namin din, her, her, her child passed away at five years. In the span of ten days, two deaths. And I was like, it, as a colleague, as a friend, as a parent, it breaks my heart. Paano pa kaya sila? And you know, the best gift, the best present that you can give to those people who are heartbroken, especially in an acute situation, fresh na fresh, is the present is presence. There are no words. There is nothing that you can give. It can, money can help. It does, practically. But the best is presence. And that's okay on a certain period of time. But there is... An expiration date. I remember I was counseling and helping a, a teenager. Sabi sa akin yung nanay, kausapin mo naman yung anak ko kasi, you know, hindi na siya, na, ayaw na niya mag-aral, ganyan, etc. Tapos, medyo nag-iiba na siyang tao. Tulungan naman natin siya. Can you counsel? Can you do that? I, I, Sige po, tulungan natin. Tapos kinausap ko siya, sabi ko, ano nangyayari sa'yo? Hindi po ako makatulog sa gabi, sa kaiisip. Ano pa? I, I feel so anxious. Oh. Ano ibig sabihin ng anxious? Yung, madami na-explain niya. Yung, yung I cannot focus. You know, my mind is somewhere else. Yung, yung digitary siya. Tapos nagpa-flashback daw yung away nila ng boyfriend niya. Tapos sabi ko, kailan pa ba yan? Mga six years ago. Meron pang isa. I work with a lot of seafarers. Can I tell you stories? Because this is our stories all together. May isa pa. I work with a lot of seafarers. Tapos may nakausap pa ang seafarer recently. Sabi ng seafarer, Dok, alam ko nagpipreach ko sa feaster. Oy, hello, feaster ka pala dyan. Nakita ko dyan. Dyan, sa side na nakita ko yung mga seafarers kanina pumapasok. May kilala tayong mga seafarers who are attending our church. Tapos sabi niya, bro, pa-pray naman yung kapatid ko. Sabi ko, bakit? Eh kasi official na yun. Tapos maganda naman ang trabaho niya. Nag-ipon. Tapos 
Huminto na mag, magbarko kasi magbe-business na lang. Nagtayo sila ng restaurant doon sa May Nueva Ecija. Ayan. Tapos nalugi nung... Tapos, tapos ano, nawala. So ngayon, depressed, depressed. Tapos, ayaw na sumakay ulit. Ganyan. Tapos, sabi ko, siguro nalugi nung pandemic, no? Kasi nga, tumigil. Sabi niya, hindi po eh. Bago pa mag-pandemic, nalugi. Hanggang ngayon pa rin, ayaw pa rin niya. Lugi pa rin siya. That was more than five years ago. You get what I'm trying to say? And so when we say move on, God is with you. That's the good news. I'm speaking to those of you who are feeling stuck, feeling surrounded, feeling so offended of what has happened to you, feeling so afraid of the wilderness that is in front of you or maybe surrounding you, the darkness that comes as a cloud. Nawawala yung bright days ninyo. That's my message for today. Move on because God is with you. And I want to take a good look, Patras, in a bigger perspective. No? Our book of numbers that we're discussing now, that's the Israelites' long journey in their wilderness classroom. God brings us into the desert, into the wilderness, not for us to be just in pain and He's happy that we are having a hard time. No, it's because we are hard-headed and we have to learn hard lessons. And that is what's happening with the Israelites during that time. And, and God was teaching them one very important thing. And this is the summary of numbers. I'll flash it on the screen and read it with me. It is the only way to survive in the wilderness and reach the pro pro promised land is to trust and obey God. To trust and to obey God. The book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, the first few books of the, of the Bible leads us to two questions. And I'm going to give this as a point of reflection as to where we are now in our study of the Bible. Based on these four books, we can have questions in reflection. So this is question number one. I want you to look at the question, recognize where you are, and answer yourself. Secret muna, okay? Here's the question. Are you pursuing your desires with your own wisdom? Or are you surrendering your needs to Him so that He fills them in His way? Is it just you or is it with Him, with God? Second question, does everything revolve around you and your wants? Or does everything revolve around God and God's will? Some of you may be coming to church asking, Lord, lead me. Lord, give me directions. Maybe this is it. Maybe we're full of our own wisdom and our own directions. Maybe today, we can rely more on Him. Trust His will. Trust His timing. Trust the pain that He allowed for us to learn that lesson. For us to break through. It takes some breaking sometimes to break through. And so, 
If you reflect on these questions, you can actually have already take-home message for today. So going to numbers, the 40 years of the Israelites wandering around the wilderness is over. The first generation who went out of Egypt, they are dying or they're dead. It has been 40 years since they left. So, there is a new generation, yung mga anak na nila, yung mga younger generation when they left Egypt, sila na yung nagiging leaders ngayon. And in number, they're ready to enter the promised land. And in the chapter 20 of Numbers, the Israelites find themselves in the exact place where it was a terrible place it was a tragic place where their ancestors decided to reject God, to, this, to, to trust themselves rather than trust God. And that, I, I want you to mark that word, Kadesh. Everybody say Kadesh. And I want you to remember that name. Forty years ago, in that same geographical spot, that is when they, the 12 spies who went to the promised land and, and, and told them to give up the promised land. And instead, again, of trusting God, they rejected the gift of God to them. And it was very tragic because the, the entire generation who decided to mistrust and, 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 and follow their own ways instead of God's ways, they got what they wanted. They remained stuck in the wilderness. Say, so here's a question. Here's a reflection. Sometimes when you feel stuck in the wilderness, cloudedness of your mind, parang walang nangyayari sa areas of your life, maybe, 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 because it is just you trusting you. Maybe, maybe, maybe today, you're going to begin to lift your eyes to the one who is our help. That's why we're, we were singing, my God is fighting for me. My God is moving now. Doesn't even have to be a display like fireworks. When God moves, God moves here. Softly, gentle, like the Spirit. The older folks were dying. And I want to go there from, from Numbers 20. The story begins with the death of a leader. Are you there? It's a very important person. So in the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zin and camped at Kadesh. Remember? While they were there, Miriam died and was married and was buried. Miriam was the, Mo, was, the, was the sister of Moses. Miriam was there looking at the basket, protecting the baby Moses. Instead of being killed, he eventually got adopted to the household of the Pharaoh. And that's why she has been there from the very start, from being a baby all the way to Moses, support, supporting Moses through the journey out of Egypt. Even through the wilderness, she passed away. <coughs> She's now dead. The author tells us about her death in passing, as if there's no, nothing. The, the author just told us 
about the death. And it's very strange because she was a leader of the community. Yes or no? In the end of the Bible, of, of, this, of this book of the Bible, you also see in the end of this chapter, Aaron, Moses' brother, also passed away. Imagine, for now, imagine something strange is happening. Imagine how Moses could have been feeling at this time. Like I said, it's a heart-to-heart -to -heart talk today. How do you feel? When someone who has been looking after you for the longest time passes away, did not enter the promised land. And I'll continue. There was no water. After Miriam died, Israelites came up to Moses complaining. There was no water for the people to drink at that place in Kadesh. So they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. The people blamed Moses and said, If only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into this wilderness to die along with all our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water to drink. Here we go again, despite the many, many years of faithfulness of God, you see people complaining again. It happens to the both of us, to all of us, yes? Sometimes we are so ungrateful, forgetting what has happened, what faithfulness has been shown to us. And, and we, when you read the other complaints... The lack of water was the last thing. More than the water, they were complaining about something else. And so, so let me read it again. They said, Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people in this wilderness to die along with all our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? It's not just about water. This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water to, to drink. And in Kadesh, 40 years ago, in that same space, in that sp same geographical spot, the Israelite spies who went to the promised land brought back samples of figs, grapes, pomegranates. And in Numbers 13, it says, Then they came up to the valley of Eskol, and from there they cut off a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between two men with some of the pomegranates and the figs. They're in a place, they're a terrible place, a cursed place. Back again after 40 years. Do you feel stuck? Sometimes feeling heartbroken? Ito na naman ako. Nagtiwala. Sisiraan na ako ng utak kasi binigay ko na naman lahat. Wala na naman natira sa akin. I wasn't, I wasn't making the right decisions again. So here's the interpretation. Look at this. The place was freaking them out. It reminds them of their painful past and they're back again there. This was where mommy and daddy, si tito and si tita, si uncle, si auntie, this is the place where they rejected God. And then, nandito na naman kami. Let's get out of here. Let's, ayoko na dito. They wanted to move on. They wanted to get out of there. They wanted 
to go to the promised land. It is still a promise at this time. They haven't been there. Di pa sila nakarating sa pinramis na land ni Lord sa kanila. They wanted to move on. But sometimes, it gets back to you. You get stuck. There's one more person in the story who's still stuck, probably doesn't seem wanting to move on. You know who's that? Let me call our next preacher. Hindi siya, pero yung kakwento niya pagkatapos nito. Give a big hand please to Brother Odi. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Awesome. I'll try to finish this in, I got 15 minutes left. May the Holy Spirit use this time. Anyway, what I love so much about this story is that it's not like your typical Hollywood story where, you know how fairy tales usually end, they always live happily ever after? Not in this story. If you're expecting a, a, a Hollywood happy ending story, you're not going to get it at least in the story of Moses. Because this is the part where Moses starts to reject God. Let me tell you this story, okay? In the process of trying to give water to the people, God tells Moses a specific instruction. He says in Numbers 20, chapter 7, uh, verse 78, You and Aaron must take the staff, the stick, and assemble the entire community. And as the people watch, here's the instruction. Speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. So the instruction was simple. Speak to the rock. But instead of Moses speaking to the rock, he does the complete opposite. It says in, ver in verse 9, Hear now, Moses says, You rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses then lifted up his hand, and what did he do? He struck the rock with his staff. How many times? Twice. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their livestock as well. See, when you strike something once, that can be out of impulse. It's just something that, that, that costs you to do something like that. But you do it twice, that's a message. It's a message of frustration. This guy is angry. And this is not the Moses that we know. The Moses that we've been studying is the Moses that has been patient, understanding, compassionate. The Moses that we've known is the one who has been pleading to God, bowing down before the Lord to plead for an entire nation. There's something wrong with Moses here. This is not the guy that we know, but I want you to know how God responds. And you need to listen to this. This is how God responds to the action of Moses. He said, because you did not trust me enough, Moses, to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. Grabe. Now Moses doesn't even get to enter the promised land, that zone that God promised to him. You know what this moment is? It reminds me, can I say this in Tagalog? Ito yung tipong nililigawan mo na, nage-effort ka na, linilibre mo na, hinahatid mo na, pero ang bukong bibig niya, salamat, kuya. Hanggang friend zone lang pala kaya niya. How many of you can relate? Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Tell the person raising their hand, friend, move on. Moses doesn't even get to enter the promised land. Hanggang friend zone lang. Not even in a relationship zone. Why is that? I mean, that's a good question. Why does, what is, what did Moses do 
that merited such a severe punishment. You ever wonder what? I'll give you two reasons, and I promise that this will be good, and you need to, to, to learn this. Number one, God said it already. Because you did not trust me enough. It seems to me that God doesn't want people not trusting him. And remember that Moses and the Lord had been together since the very beginning. Moses had seen the Lord follow through miracle after miracle. They've been together through the 10 plagues. They've been together in Mount Sinai. They've been together through the crossing of the Red Sea. They've been together with the provision of the manna in the desert. Moses has seen miracle after miracle. I always tell people this, that if you have a hard time trusting God in your life, take a good look at his track record. How many times has God followed through in your life? How many times has God saved you from that place? If you have trouble trusting God, just take a look at what He's done for you. Because every testing in your life builds a platform for you to learn how to trust Him even more. So if you're carrying a difficult problem right now, and God saved you before, I want you to say this with me. If God did it then, come on, say it louder. If God did it then, I believe He can do it again. Amen, somebody. That's the first reason. Because Moses did not trust God enough. And here's the second reason I believe this is deeper. It's because Moses is not the ordinary person. From the time even before he was born, there was an anointing placed over his life. It might have been unfair for Moses, but did God force Moses' hand to accept the calling? No. Moses freely accepted that calling. He said yes to the Lord. So there's a certain anointing, a great anointing over the life of Moses. But how many of you know this, that with great power comes... Great responsibility, great accountability. So there was an expectation for Moses being the leader of a nation to lead the people of Israel. And yet Moses disobeyed the Lord. But why did Moses rebel in the first place? I think that that's something we need to ask right now. Why did Moses rebel? The author kind of hints to us that it had something to do with his sister Miriam. Miriam died in Kadesh in the wilderness and she, Moses loved her greatly. But when she died in the desert, sadly, a part of him wanted to stay in Kadesh because that's where his grief was. We're talking about grief, right? I wonder how many of you here can relate to this, that when you sometimes lose somebody that you love so greatly and you feel such a great pain, but you don't mind carrying the pain if only to have one more moment with that person. Can you relate to that? You want to stay in a place, in a situation, you keep the clothes of that loved one because it's the only reminder of that moment that you shared with that person. There's a person who wrote a song about this. Can I sing about it? Is it okay? It's already raining outside, so I can't do any more damage. The song goes a little bit like this. I didn't memorize this, so this will bring out your age. If you know this, please sing this with me. It goes like this. Love comes... Love goes, but a certain feeling never lets me be. Somehow, I know, quite a part of me's been changed since you've been gone. Like a sturdy tree that's seen a thousand seasons. I still shed my leaves in winter. To grow them back in spring To welcome life again You know this? To welcome you So goes 
my life still believe in dreams of having you round too bad memories feed the mind and not the heart where i want you to be so i ask myself what you have left behind for me to go on each day to live as if i have you once again what else is there that's real but all this pain that i feel everybody so let the pain for every throb it brings is one more moment spent with you i let the pain bring on the rain if that's the only way if there's no other way to be with you again Alam ko po actually yung buong album na yun. Huwag niyo ako challenge It's a painful song, right? But it's so real. How many of us want to remain in pain? To attract that pain because we want to stay in grief. Because that's the only moment where we feel that person again. There's this person by the name of Queen Victoria. She was the head of the UK monarch in 1861. And on December 14 of that same year, her husband, Prince Albert, died because of typhoid fever. He was only 42, so it was an untimely death. And, you know, she entered into a state of mourning, and that's fine. That happens to a lot of us. But here's the problem. She never left the state of mourning. She stayed. Even up till the time of her death, she wore black all her life. She stayed in brokenness. She stayed in heartache. See, this is the problem when you stay stuck in the past, stay stuck in grief. If you do not let your past die, your past will not let you live. And that's exactly what happened to Moses. You can tweet about that. This is what happened to Moses. Moses was so stuck in something in the past that he brought something with him. A tool that God wanted him to use for good but because he was using it with his, in his brokenness, he was using it for bad. What was that thing? The staff that he was carrying. Remember the staff that he used to hit the rock? Moses, even before he was born, he grew up in a time of violence. The stick represents violence. Okay? It, it represents things that you do in order to put things in order. You become violent. And so Moses was born in a time of violence. Remember that the Pharaoh killed a thousand Israelite baby boys. Moses was saved by the grace of God. But then Moses grew up where? In the Egyptian territory. And this is where he learned the culture of the stick. Everybody say that. Culture of the stick. They would use a stick to punish, to put people in order, to kill. In fact, Moses, when he became an adult, what did he do? When he saw an Egyptian hurting a fellow Jew, he killed that Egyptian. So now Moses being used by God, carrying this staff, a tool of a miracle. When he raised the staff, the Red Sea parted. When he lifted up the staff and dipped it in the water, it turned into blood. It's a tool of a miracle that God used, but in the hands of a broken person, 
it can be used as a tool of chaos. And I wonder what kinds of tools you're still carrying from your past that you're bringing to your present that you might even be bringing to your future. God wants to teach us something good today. Can I ask everybody to stand as I close? If this message is blessing you, can you just raise your hand? Amen. You know, every person in the Bible that God has used has been... <sighs> you notice Bible characters would oftentimes fail in trusting God. And this is really our story. How we fail time and time again in trusting the Lord and how we become so disobedient about the Lord. I mean, Moses failed. Abraham failed. David failed. Jacob failed. But where everybody failed, that's where Jesus Christ succeeded. That's why if you notice, the Bible, every Bible story actually points to one person. It only points to Jesus. Jesus would become the new Moses. He would become the new Adam in the sense that he would perfectly trust, perfectly obey the Father. He says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, O Father. And I believe that should be the posture of our, of our heart, that we would trust the Lord every time. But you see, when people prayed for a Messiah, they thought that God would send the Messiah in the form of a general, a soldier, who would be a violent man that would overthrow the Roman authorities. But instead, when Jesus came, he didn't come wielding a staff. He didn't come wielding a stick. Jesus came wielding shalom. Peace be with you. In fact, he says that. He says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Turn the other cheek. This is not... The, the, the kingdom that you're expecting, it's a different kind of kingdom. And remember that when Jesus was on the cross, remember the stone that Moses hit and water gushed out? Jesus would, would become that very stone, that very rock. His sides would be stuck with a stick. A Roman spear would pierce him on the side and water and blood would gush out. So Jesus is now the rock. We know him as the rock. But you know, thinking about it, you know, Jesus has been here. He knows what tragedy is all about. He knows what grief is all about. So if you're, in case you're wondering whether Jesus knows what you're going through right now or what you've been through, I know that he knows why because he's done it. He's experienced it. In fact, he lost his father, Joseph. The Bible says that Jesus wept when, when John the Baptist, his cousin, was beheaded. The Bible also says that Jesus wept when his good friend Lazarus died. So know that Jesus knows what you're going through. But I want to share one last story with you. It's from the book of John. And John tells this story. that it, He says that Mary was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and, and, and looked in. Can we invite the worship team? She, she, she was standing outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. And she saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. And then the angel said, dear woman, why are you crying? Because they have taken away my Lord, Mary says, and I don't know where they have put him. And as she turned to leave, she saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. And Jesus says, dear woman, again, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And she thought he was the 
gardener. Again, we're going back to the Garden of Eden. It's a hyperlink to Genesis. Sir, she said, if you have taken him pertaining to Jesus away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. And then Jesus says, Mary. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. And then Jesus says the most powerful words. He says, don't cling to me. For I haven't yet ascended to the Father. When Mary saw Jesus, I mean, how much joy would you feel when you see, can we get the, the, the singers on stage already? When, when you, Mary had lost her Savior. She lost the Messiah. He was dead to the world. So when she finally saw Jesus, she wanted to hang on. She wanted to cling to the Messiah. How many of you would do that if you saw the loved person that you lost along the way and you see that person again? Wouldn't you want to embrace that person tightly and never let go? That's how Mary felt. But Jesus said, don't cling to me for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. Here's the lesson. If you are going through some trouble right now and you're grieving, yes, grieve as much as you can, as much as you need to. Grieve. Feel the pain. But here's the lesson. There comes a point in your life where you need to start living your life again. Even if it means that you bring the pain with you. Even if it means that the pain is just there, but you slowly learn to live your life little by little. Pick up the habits, pick up the routine, even without that person anymore. Because the truth is, your sorrow should have a shelf life. It can't be up there forever. That's got to go. Why do I say this? Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't stay in death. Jesus didn't stay in the tomb. What did he do? He moved on. Everybody say that. He moved on. He moved on. One more time. He moved on. Say it like you mean it. He moved on. The book of Ecclesiastes says, says this. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 For everything there is a season A time for every activity under heaven There is a time to be born And a time to die There is a time to plant And a time to harvest There is a time to kill And a time to heal There is a time to tear down And a time to build up And listen to this There is a time to cry And there is a time to laugh There is a time to grieve And a time to my friend you're not meant to stay in grief you're not meant to stay in brokenness you're not meant to stay in hurt you over there brother you're not meant to stay in defeat no that sister over there you're not meant to stay in pain my dear brother, you're not meant to stay in suffering. Jesus never meant for you to do that. You're not meant to stay in bitterness. You're not meant to stay in anger because Jesus is showing us right now that if He did not stay in death, if He did not stay in the tomb, it simply means that He's got to move on. He's got to move on to the Father. He's got to reveal His glory. And yes, sometimes I know that it's painful 
And God doesn't always remove the mountains in front of you, but that's only because it means that He wants to walk it with you. He wants to climb that mountain with you. Yea, you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you should not fear evil. Why? Because God's staff and God's hand guide you. God is with you. Shake your neighbor and say, God is with you. God is with you. Come on, preach the word to somebody. God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. And because God is with us, you can bet that we can move on. You can move on. You can move on. You can move on. Touch somebody again and say, you can move on. You can move on from that hurt. You can move on from that break. You can move on because God is with us. He's never left us. He's always here with us. And He'll never quit on you. The grace of God will never guide you to places where the grace of God will never guide you. Cannot guard you. Everybody lift up your hands in this place. Come on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Look at all your children trusting you in this moment. We might not trust you all the time, but right now, without the, the shadow of a doubt, we commit to trusting you. Teach us to be faithful. Teach us to be obedient. We love you and we thank you for walking with us, for never leaving us, for never quitting on us. Thank you, Jesus, that you give us the courage and the strength and the grace to move on. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace. For more podcasts like these, visit feast.ph slash radio.